You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. Tonight, we're talking about the 1988 horror film, Pumpkinhead. Our dreams, they feel real while we're in them, right? It's only when we wake up that we realize something is actually strange. The middle children of history, man. No purpose, no place. We have no great war. No great depression. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian. With me tonight, guest, Paul Williams. Paul, say hello. Hey, what's going on? A little excited to be talking about the 1988 horror classic creature feature supernatural movie, Pumpkinhead. Hell yeah. Slash fairy tale, slash pre-Tim Burton movie. Can you, uh, can you, can't you wait to see a remake of that where Johnny Depp plays fucking Edge Roller? I don't. I don't think we really need a, a remake for, of Pumpkinhead just yet. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you 100 percent on that one, dude. I don't know if I'd want to see Tim Burton do it because I feel like this is already kind of in his style. You know, this is already in his wheelhouse, so it's kind of. I don't know. It was already kind of like this was his take on it, kind of already. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wouldn't see. I wouldn't mind seeing a different filmmaker's approach to it. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I take it this is not the first time you've seen this. The first time I seen it was a friend of ours actually had bought it, and he brought it over, and, and this is when it was on VHS. Yeah, we sit down and watched it, and I, I, I enjoyed the movie immediately. I get I get exposed to it kind of. I think it was around. I think it was around eleven. It was somewhere in the early nineties. It was just one of those awesome boxes in the video store. Yeah. It had such a cool box because the monster was on the front cover with some like pumpkin vines and that big blue moon, like right behind the creature. Oh man, that was so awesome! That was such a good box. That was that was was awesome and shit. Yeah, it looked amazing. Eventually, I got around to renting that, and that's the first time I saw it. Now, I I never remembered this film coming out in the theater with such cool video art. I would have thought that yeah, surely you know I would remember this in the theater, but. Dude, have you seen the actual posters that were released in the theater for this film? Yeah. They're pretty terrible. They were, they were, few, they were, they were definitely few and far between good. The artwork for the VHS cover was, it fit the film. And I don't think some of the, the poster artwork really quite fit the film. The reason you, I probably didn't remember this, having such a, you know, having a theatrical release was because it... It didn't really have that big of a theatrical release when it came out. It got dumped in like just a couple of theaters by United Artists who acquired it from, I think it was uh, Dino De Laurentiis, Dino De Laurentiis' uh, production company. I forget yeah. what the name of it is, but his, his production company kind of went under and they, they kind of dumped the film off to United Artists. They released it. The budget was somewhere around, I think it was like 3.5. Dude, it only made like four point three, four point four million, so it didn't really make its money back. But 
it did yeah. somehow like the creature has gone on and the film has gone on you know to obtain a little bit of cult following a cult status yeah. that it, it actually does have like there's three pumpkin head sequels uh it's been a really long time since i've seen the second pumpkin head and uh i think i caught the third one on the sci-fi channel and i've never even seen the fourth one it just kind of fell off i mean there's nothing like the the original pumpkin head yeah i haven't seen the sequels in a really long time but my memory of them is not very <laughs> my memory is that they're pretty bad with the the second one being the absolute worst i think that's got the uh what's the, the actor's name that plays scorpio and dirty harry um andy yeah, robertson uh, yeah he's, he plays the dad in hellraiser yeah i don't remember any of the sequels being particularly well but the first pumpkin head is it's a really good movie this is it's a really good creature feature you know, even the movie, man, like, I mean, when it when it starts off, it starts off, like, where it, it gets you right away. You know, it kind of draws you in right away. Yeah, and I mean, they're not they're not shy with showing the creature. I mean, there is plenty of pumpkin head in this movie. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely is plenty of pumpkin head in the movie. Yeah, and, you know, part of the reason for this, this is actually, this is the directorial debut of Stan Winston. Now, Stan Winston has put on... Man, he's put more freaking awesome creatures on the screen in the last 30 years than I think almost anyone... I mean, this guy, he did The Queen, Alien and Aliens, the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. I mean, like the actual moving one, when it's really there in the shot, the mechanical dinosaur, he did that. Predator. He did some work on Terminator uh, Terminator and Terminator 2, correct? Yeah, yeah, he just he, yeah, he did a lot of stuff. Well, he was the um second unit director on Aliens. He was a second unit yeah. director and that that's what kind of led him to this. This was kind of like the, you know, the uh, Aliens came out in 86. This was 88. It was supposed to come out in 87, but Lance Hendrickson, he was in Aliens. Lance Hendrickson's the main star here in Pumpkinhead. And he he played him the the Fox. I mean, what what, what would you really consider that show? Millennium, like, what would that be categorized? I don't. That was like a horror show, right? It was like a horror serial yeah. killer show. Yeah, you know, he'd done a lot of work in in sci-fi and horror and shit. Uh, he was in Near yeah. Dark. Can't forget Near Dark. Yeah, he was in Near Dark. Oh, and you know and, what? And he was. He's actually in the first Terminator movie too. He's one of the cops in the first Terminator. He is one of the cops. Yeah, yeah dude. I, I forgot all about that. I, I did too. I was just thinking. I was just like, "Oh, what else was he in?" Yeah, I think he was in some other James Cameron movie. And James Cameron uses the same people quite frequently. The punk band misses the uh, song off their famous Monsters album called Pumpkinhead, and it was basically, you know, their take on the Pumpkinhead movie. So the movie has had some kind of underground kind of cult following and influence on on a wide variety of people. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I think Pumpkinhead, I mean, just the creature and the look, you know, and it, it turned its place in horror history. Pumpkinhead was actually based on a poem. Yep. And it's actually the poem that there's some kids that <laughs> start harassing another kid in the movie. And it's kind of, it's like a less catchy version of the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 1, 2, Freddy's Coming for You, like, theme song. Yeah. I, I, was, I was really enjoying how they were saying pumpkin head. Punky head. You watch your ass, a punky head gonna get you. All right, let's take a break. Play the trailer. 
and get into a more spoiler-filled discussion? Afraid raising the dead ain't within my power. Will it be all right? Should I be afraid? It's coming! Looking for an old woman. She lives somewhere in the mountains hereabouts. All she can do is take you straight to hell. You go home and you bury your boy. Some folks say is how she's got powers. Who are you? Ed Harley. What do you want, Ed Harley? Sad. You're looking for vengeance. Vengeance. Sad. There's no graveyard way back deep in them woods. The thing you're looking for is in there. It was an accident. We're back. So Pumpkinhead. So Pumpkinhead starts with a guy running in the woods. He's running away from Pumpkinhead. You see the Harley family. You know they're up in their house, and, and I mean the dead. These are dads, obviously, and the and the mom is too. You know they're obviously worried. This guy like comes up to the door. That's when you kind of find out that that guy like killed some girl or was accused of killing some girl, right? He says something along those lines. And then the dad yeah. says something, you know, he says, like, I don't know anything about that business. We know right away from the beginning there's some conflict that's going on here. But that's not really the important part. The important part is that the kid in, in the house that sees it is the main character of the movie. And, of course, the guy that's running away from Pumpkinhead gets, gets killed. And you kind of see Pumpkinhead for the first time. You see his face. For, there's a couple of inserts that are kind of cool. Yeah. He's like throwing the dude around in the ditch. Oh, and that oh, dude! You know that guy he's throwing around? That's uh, that's Dick Warlock, the guy that played uh, Michael Myers in Halloween Two. That yep. is totally cool. I actually uh, actually saw that guy in um, at a horror convention. A really really cool guy. A really awesome career. That's cool as shit, man. Yeah, really nice guy. This is how the main character first sees sees Pumpkinhead. And it's just through the window. It's a really cool lit shot too. Like all the lighting in this film is really, is really outstanding. It, it, the, the movie is actually beautifully shot. Yeah, they play a lot with lights and shadows. It's you know in the beginning, right there in that part, you know everything's kind of dark and a lot of blues and dark colors used. You get to a happier moment, like when you first, when Ed Harley and Billy Harley are first introduced. Everything's all bright and happy, and so like you know, at night they're using a lot of blues, and you know, in the in the daytimes it's it's the, it's mostly stay with the orange colors, so they're you know they're contrasting. You know, another thing, man, that uh, I thought was kind of weird is okay, we're going to throw this in there just so we can use it later on in the movie, and that was that little flamethrower thing that that Ed had. They do totally have like an aliens power loader moment. Where, yeah. where, yeah, Lance Hendrickson, you know, the first time you see him, he's got that flamethrower, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really come up again. Like, he uses it later at the end of the movie, but 
it's he doesn't kill Pumpkinhead with it or anything. No, no, he doesn't. He literally just puts it on, and that's all that happens. Yeah, it's kind of a fake out. They're like, hey, 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 you, this flamethrower is coming back, right? And they're like, no, no, it's not. No, we're, yeah. just, we're just fucking with you, man. But you know, like I said, you don't. That that thing is never brought up. And never seen again until the very end of the movie. He just puts it on and lights it up. I I do really like Lance Hendrickson, especially in the beginning of this film. Him and his son, their interaction is so awesome. Like Lance Hendrickson could always like just totally play it like a buck tooth crazy mountain man and go really over the top with it. But he doesn't. He just yeah, he's just a man trying to do the best he can do for himself and his son. And exactly. obviously you can tell you can tell at this point in time that the mother's not around. You know, something's happened to her. I mean, like the like the one moment man where um he's sitting there and he's washing his son's hands. You know something? When I was your age, great grandmama used to wash my hands and she was so old that the skin on her hands was thin as tissue paper. It felt so good. There's a lot of good heartfelt moments. Lance Hendrickson ad-libbed that line about the tissue paper? I'll be damned. I, no, I did not know that. I, I was listening to the commentary, and they were like, oh, no, yeah, he, he made that up on the spot. All right, not, not bad, Lance, not bad. The dog that they have is the same dog <laughs> in Gremlins. Their family dog's the same family dog. It was Billy's dog in Gremlins, yeah. Damn, so Gypsy is the dog from Gremlins, huh? Yeah, this dog's like a, a, horror, a horror 80s movie star. And then you have the interaction between Ed and Billy at the breakfast table, and Ed tells his son at the breakfast table about how this man has a son who's going to grow up to be great one day. You see Billy give him the necklace. Are, I feel like we're planning this, but we're not. This is like, again, here we go with a necklace. I was just having this conversation with uh, Jeremy last podcast, the green inferno. There's a necklace that's given his, his whole thing is like, yes, it's the, you know, it's, so the necklace is the talisman that must be passed down from the dead person to the main character. Somebody always has to die to, to pass it down. It's an evil dead suit. Yeah, exactly. Right. It was in green inferno. Uh, I feel like we did another movie with the, Oh, shocker. So this is yeah. a running theme in horror films. They go off to their to their little, you know, fruit stand or country store. Yeah, it's it's, it's a yeah. small, cute little country store out, in, you know, in the middle of absolutely nowhere. I mean, it looks like it's on a good, well-traveled road. Like the highway looks, you know, the highway it's on is paved. It's not on a dirt road. Like this whole film really has a completely kind of timeless feel to it. Like nothing, nothing is really too too dated in it and even when no. we get uh, like the title card in the beginning where we get to see lance hendrickson it says the present it has a very like timeless kind of quality to it until after they get to the store we cut to the kids they're gonna cause all the problems that that dude really is a fucking douchebag I, I, you know, I don't know if he's really yeah i guess he is a douche yeah he's kind of douchey Dude, he's a fucking douche. Man. He's even a douche to his uh to his girl, like who's like super cute girl, and he's like, "Yo, give me a beer, baby." Really, Tracy? You know, Joel is a great guy once you get to know him. Honey, get me a beer. Why do you always have to carry that stupid rifle with you? 
Cause you never know what you're gonna find in the jungle, yo. Oh, sorry. Thank you, but. <laughs> and the only thing that's really dated here, like some of these guys, their hairstyles are a little dated. The automobiles are a little dated, but yeah. I, it's not too bad. There's no like big '80s hair or anything here. And, and see, this is one thing that I thought was a little bit different with Pumpkin Head. It's like I don't, I was never under the assumption that they were like high schoolers. No, 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 no. They're not high schoolers. I, how this group is broken out, really, there's there's these two brothers that I guess are professional yeah. dirt bike racers. I'm assuming. Or yeah. they're really they're really good at it, and this is their hobby. It's never explained what they do for a living. Uh, the, well, the one girl, the one girl uh, is a photographer. She t- yeah, she's taking pictures of him. So yeah. I'm I'm led to believe that you know the guy the guy's driving a freaking Corvette. And even for 1980s Corvettes, you know, they, they won't cheat. So I think they're like some kind of semi-professional dirt bike racers. You know, George Buck Flowers uh, shows up playing one of the... He's, he's another one of the local farmers there that shops at Lance Hendrickson's local store. But that motherfucker's as mountain man as it gets, dude. Yeah. You see how dirty these damn kids are? Those kids look like they haven't bathed in like years. The, the dad is played by George Buck Flowers. And of course, you know... Hey, man, he is so famous for all those John Carpenter movies. Like, yeah, dude, this guy was in They Live. He was, oh man, he was in yeah. so many of them. Really good character actor. Yeah, he has been a lot of John Carpenter movies. But them dirty ass kids, dude. And then, and then one girl Tracy comes up. She's like, "Is it okay if I take a picture of you?" Because the one kid's like, "What is that?" Like the kid didn't even know what a fucking camera was. The kids are filthy, man. Go take a bath in a creek or something. Shit. Anyway, uh, let, let's let's just go ahead and get to the meat of this. The kids that are coming in from the city, they're riding their dirt bikes around. Lance Hendrickson leaves the store, and while he's gone, they run you the know, kid it, over. Really, all of this boils down to being Lance Hendrickson's fault. Like, this shit is really kind of his fault, dude. All right, wait, because he leaves his son there? Yeah, I mean, come on, man. You got a group of strange-ass kids you don't know at your store, and you're going to leave your child and the damn dog there. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but that's kind of what makes it even more tragic, right? Because he's like, okay, I'm just going to leave this kid here. I'm going to leave my son here for five minutes. The dog's here. You know, there's other people here. It's just five minutes. I'll just go run up here real quick. What could happen, right? So that's what makes it even more tragic when he comes back and everyone's gone except for one dude and his son is actually still alive at that point. I actually didn't. Did, did you realize that the first time you saw this movie? Uh, no, I, I didn't really think about it until I I watched it later on. Like I thought his son was dead. Me too, right? Yeah. Like when I first saw this when I was younger, like I just thought like he died when the bike came down. But yeah. later, like watching it, like you know, like eighteen, you know, seventeen, eighteen, it was just like, oh, whoa, no, the. The kid actually survives, for, and the dad takes him home, and, and then the kid just, I guess he's just bled out. He's he's just dead. He just dies in his dad's yeah. arms. Really we're, sad we're, we're part, The part where we're after he cleans him up, and and he just sits there, and he starts crying and shit. That's when he, that's when he actually kind of passes away. It's weird seeing this movie as a parent, too, being that I haven't seen it in a really long time. It kind of does. It kind of does strike you in a little bit of a weird or, or, or a little bit of a different way. At the point, man. Like, I mean, honestly, 
at the, at that point where where you know Ed picks him up off the ground and stuff, and the kids like kind of following him and shit. I wouldn't have just looked back and glared at this dude. I would have punched that dude probably repeatedly until I couldn't fucking physically punch him anymore. Now, after I've had kids, I don't think I've seen this film that many times. Watching it for this podcast, the tragedy of it, it did hit me a little bit harder than normal. That being said, I didn't break up in tears over it. It's not... <laughs> so, oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's not that... But it, it, it does affect you. It's... It's not quite Pet Cemetery. Like, have you have you watched Pet Cemetery since you've had kids? No, no, I have not. Oh, dude, oh, that 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 was a little hard for me to watch. That got me a little got got me a little choked up. I'm not gonna lie. This hell, I'm not gonna lie, man. I even, I mean, I remember seeing that. You know, even as a teenager, and being like, that's that's fucked up. That these scenes do carry a little bit of emotional weight. This is not just. It has a little something more put into it. Like these scenes are really good. So, Paul, some out of towners come in. They kill your son. You get really pissed off. Do you call the cops or do you go to your local witch? What do you do, man? You go to that local witch, dude. That's what you do. One of the guy's kids ends up showing Ed Holly. I like how they keep saying yeah, his name. Bud. Yeah, Bud is his name. But I mean, that dude cannot keep his fucking filthy ass fingers out of his mouth. But he's like one of the, he's like the cleanest of all the fucking, all the kids. What about that one shot when Ed first, when Ed first rolls up? And it's like they're all like out there sitting there playing in the mud, you know, with the pigs and shit. Them damn dirty kids. Like, what? what is your problem with it? You didn't think it was a, an appropriate portrayal no, no, or. No, 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 I'm not saying anything of that nature. I'm just saying, this fucking kids are filthy, dude. There's no fucking sense in your child, you letting your child be that damn dirty. I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't have a problem with it. I think it, I think it fits for the movie. Oh, it does, it does. I totally, I totally agree. But there's some damn dirty-ass kids, man. But he's like, you know, he basically fucking haggles some money out of uh, old head, Ed Harley. Yeah, he does, it's and they and they go to the they go to the witch. You know the one shot where uh, Ed's driving along the road, and and it's like all fog fogged up and shit. You know, and the kids like slamming on the the, the roof of the truck. Um, I really really thought it was kind of cool how they made it like the closer that he got to this witch's place, like. Like the whole area around it has has this kind of like unique aura to it, I guess you could say. What do you mean? You know, and when he gets close, it's like the closer he gets to this witch's place, the darker the atmosphere of the movie gets. I know, I know, it grad it's gradually getting darker throughout that scene. Yeah. So you maybe yeah. I I have to go back and look at that man because I'm I did, that's not something I noticed. I know that shot you're talking about where they're pulling up. And it's like super foggy, yeah. and you can see the headlights just cutting through. I'd have to go back and look at it again. You, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. You're totally, you're probably totally right, but I'd have to go back and look yeah, at it I again. Mean, I don't remember that. To me, it almost gives like this, like I said, this aura to the area. Oh well, you know, you're getting close to like the witch's shack. And I, I totally forgot about this, but when he when he gets to the shack, he actually wants the witch to bring his son back to life. Hey, it's like, hey, I got the next best thing. Go to this pumpkin patch, dig this thing up, bring it back, and 
you know, we can get this vin- vengeance of demon thing going on that you saw when you were a little boy. Lance Hendricks does some weird, uh, I guess, got some seriously weird facial expression. You know, after he puts the money in the little jar, the little thing that she has sitting on the table, like, she's like, what are you asking, Ed Harley? What are you asking? He's got, like, this really weird look on his face, and then he, like, hits the wall. And, like, the look on his face is almost, like, kind of, like, insanity, like, kind of happiness, but sadness at the same time. I don't know if she picked up on that or not. I just kind of thought it was a little weird. No, I I didn't think it was weird at all. I thought that was totally appropriate for what his character should be going through, man, because, like... I don't mean to say, I guess, weird, but kind of really unique how he made... All those feelings kind of come out, like, literally at one time. Oh, yeah, no, like, he, he plays yeah. through those emotions really quickly. Yeah, very quickly. Yeah, no, and you get all those looks. No, I, he does a great job in all these scenes. Yeah, I liked all the makeup. I liked her the interior of her shack. And I really yeah, liked, um, I liked the I liked the pumpkin patch later on, too, the pumpkin field that he goes and digs um, pumpkin head out of. Yeah, with all the old black pumpkins and shit in it. Yeah, and it's got that one, it's got like this weird burial mound. Actually, it looks like the whole graveyard was once higher, and then somebody went and dug it uh, dug it up down like 10 feet. But they left this one part still sticking up. That damn thing is not very buried very far in that mound. I only think they had like, takes maybe two, three scoops of dirt out. I mean, they're, they're already out and kind of in the middle of nowhere as it is, like... <laughs> I have no idea. That, okay, that's that's a very good point. Where do you where do you think this movie takes place? Hell, dude, I don't know. In the mountains, I would say West Virginia, Kentucky, Virginia, and Tennessee. Is it just me, or does it have like kind of like a Louisiana kind of New Orleans vibe kind of going on as well there? It does a little bit, yeah. You know, it's kind of like definitely. like with that pond, with, with especially mostly just where this old lady is. Like, I mean, and, dude, her shack is so awesome. Yeah. That the way that it looks like the trees are growing, like into it. Uh, once again, man, how do the the visuals play so play out so so perfectly in this movie? For the fact that they had like three point five million, and they had this huge creature, and they're still getting these shots, and these almost like frightfully whimsical uh, set designs, too, man. I guess let's just go ahead and get to it. Like, they resurrect Pumpkinhead. So Pumpkinhead's going to go and kill all the kids that came from the, the city. And somehow Pumpkinhead is psychically connected to Lance Hendrickson, I guess, so he can experience what it'd be like to kill them? Like, That's not explained at all. I mean, it's, it's weird, too, because you're not expecting it to happen. No, I mean, you could look at it like this, like, the the downside to calling on Pumpkinhead is you're going to be connected to him somehow. So that's that's kind of like how it works. Because I mean, the first time you see it, it's just kind of like, what's going on? And it it starts happening yeah. more frequent in the film as the film. Go- Let's just go ahead and jump to the end here, just for a second. But as the film goes on, Ed Harley, Lance Hendrickson's character, starts becoming more and more like Pumpkinhead, to where at the end of the film, in the final scene, his eyes are like Pumpkinhead. Now, is it just me? Am I insane? But it, the Pumpkinhead starts looking like Lance Hendrickson, right? Yeah, I mean, I... See, that's what I was saying. Like, somehow, like, because of this spell that this witch did, they're linked. Because Ed was the one who called on him. 
it's and it, but it's really cool how it develops throughout the film because at yeah. the very end of the film it turns out that Lance Hendrickson they they end up killing Pumpkinhead by shooting Lance Hendrickson Pumpkinhead dies but Lance Hendrickson's body now that he's dead it shrivels up and his body is the new Pumpkinhead and the old witch at the end is burying the pumpkin and it has the the necklace on it I guess you just want to go through you just want to run through the Pumpkinhead kills here real quick. I guess the only other thing to talk about of note was is the main douchebag guy that kills the kid. He holds, he kind of holds all the other people hostage for his doucheness. The Christie fucking punches him, and this motherfucker picks up a fucking log. Yeah, they get they get into a fight. All the, it kind of shows the other characters are all these other people. They didn't kill this kid. They don't really deserve to die. No, and, and you know another weird thing about that is man, he even mentioned that he's like he had an accident with a little girl. It's like, what do you do? You fucking douchebag! You just—I just go around hitting little kids. He, 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 he does kind of—he does talk like a drunk Rocky Balboa. Dude, you're the most negligent person ever. <laughs> you hit two kids. Well, this is what I do. I—I—I yeah. I, I, I pound a couple beers and then I go. Uh, I get in an automobile and then I go commit some manslaughter on some. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Kids under the age of twelve. You know, that's that's what I aim for. Let's this. Let's just go through the kills here real quick. Let's let's talk about the cool creature feature stuff. And and Steve is the first one to get killed. This guy, this this monster is in no way, shape, or form in a hurry to kill any fucking one. Oh no, yeah, he he toy he toys with all his victims first. Because I mean, dude, he he drags the Steve dude like through every tree in the forest. It seems. Hey, well, his girlfriend, he picks her up, and then. Like, she's standing in the front door. He picks her up from the roof, drags her over the roof. You know something that I did not understand about that? If Pumpkinhead drove this bitch, drug this bitch over the roof, you would have heard that. Why the hell did Chris and Tracy go running off into the fucking woods looking for this bitch? I think... <laughs> I could be making excuses yeah. for the movie, but... I'm going to give him the benefit of a doubt here. I What I think happened is that they were going to the other side of the house to look and see and see if they could find her. But they, and they end up going back inside, right? Yeah, they end up going back inside. And that's when he's like, uh, oh, that's, I think that's like, that's that, my that's favorite pumpkin cool. head scene. What was her name? Kimberly? Or Kim? The Joel's girlfriend? Joel and her are like sitting in the house. And all of a sudden you see the Maggie's chick face just get and you can like hear it squeaking against the glass and shit. Oh yeah, no, like he, yeah, she's still alive a little bit. He just oh yeah, takes and he straight pushes her face right through the fucking glass. You see, you see the vast majority of of her demise through Ed Harvey's eyes. You know when when he's when Pumpkin Head's like kind of like drawing that cross. In oh yeah, that's head. the one. He, yeah, the yeah, the cross. Yes, that man, that was cool. Man, dude, all the makeup, the creature looks really good in this movie. Like, they lit it really well. Oh, they did. They did. There's some times where it looks a little, like, I don't know. It look it looks like it doesn't, it doesn't move all that great. You know what I mean? Like, it looks like it's, it's hard to move, but they mostly cut around that, I feel like. I don't really think it's that extremely noticeable. No, it's mostly noticeable in, like, the wide shots where you can see it from head to tail. It doesn't look like it would move fast at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Pumpkinhead's face and mouth are amazing. Like all the different yeah, like the little, little snarls and And the teeth. The kind yeah. of teeth that come out of the side of his cheek and shit. Yeah, and he can kinda of like move his upper lip up and like expose these these teeth in the top. 
I really like and the way just, Pumpkinhead looks. And just like the aliens, he's constantly drooling. Favorite entire shot in the in, in the movie. The best shot, the money shot in this film is when that little boy, uh, well, not the little boy, but the, the teenage kid that decides to help him out. Yeah. He but. gets in the closet of Ed Harley's house. He's sitting in the closet, and Pumpkinhead starts coming in. He's going through the room. He thinks he's perfectly fine. He got away. Pumpkinhead didn't see me, and then Pumpkinhead just turns around and opens the closet door and gets in its face, and then the lightning, yeah. you see the lightning outside flash, and it just, oh my gosh, that is a scary monster. That thing is awesome. Fuck yeah, man. I, I think my favorite death, I have to say my favorite death is probably the next death that we're going to discuss in this film, which would be Kimberly's demise. Pumpkinhead is, is, is drug came off at this point in time and then like she had passed out you know with the whole thing with maggie pumpkin has like that one shot where pumpkin has got her like up the tree you know and he shows that one really quick shot where he's like sitting there holding her up and you get like the whole view of pumpkin head like being on the branch of the tree i think that was a fucking amazing looking shot right there like that shot where he's just he's just up there holding her and you can see his tail kind of, like, curled around the back of the branch and shit. Are you talking about that shot right before he lets her go? Yeah, right. the shot right before he lets her go. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that that whole sequence is, is awesome. Because, like, when he lets her go, that, that dude, that looks really good. Yeah, it does. That stunt woman looks just like that actress. <laughs> that had to have been a bit of a difficult shot to perform, too. Yeah, I'm sure anytime you do a big stunt like that, it's got to be a pain in the ass. I mean, he's just like, he's just like holding her ass up there, man. It's just like, she's like screaming and shit. And he just like, just drops her, you know. And she gets that fucking big ass rock at the bottom of it. Dude, I love the way Pumpkin, Pumpkinhead's hands look when he wraps them. Like, just like, even his long bony fingers, like how they curl around somebody's head when he grabs them. Yeah, like when he first grabs Maggie. Yeah, it's so creepy, man. Like, it's just like, oh, the... Oh, those hands are so alien, man. They're just so... Ugh. So next guy to die is Joel. See, at, at this point in time in, in the film, it, 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 the film almost, almost kind of switches gears, kind of. Ed feels bad. And it's like, I wonder if this, if this is maybe... And I never really thought about this before. But I wonder if part of this was because maybe Ed blamed himself for Billy's death a little bit. And that coupled with the fact that you know, he's also seeing all these kids die. So that's when he goes back to the to the old witch's cabin and they kind of have their little confrontation where he wants her to, to call it off. I don't know if he ever gets to the point in the movie where he's he's blaming himself. You know? Well, like I feel like he just goes from like he, he goes from the loss of his child or he's deeply upset to just straight anger. And then now that he sees all this stuff, I feel like, I don't know, the way I always read it, that is when he starts seeing these kids die, he's like, oh, well, wait, this this is wrong. What I'm getting at is it's, it's just he has this big sense of regret. You're seeing this as Lance Hendrickson's character is is aware and feels guilt about about leaving his son. Yeah. I've, I've never read it that way. That's interesting, though. I I have to go back and, and, and look at that. You know, this... Lance Hendrickson's doing so much in these scenes with all his facial tics and 
just like how he's how he'll give somebody a certain look. I could definitely see how you could definitely read it that way. I just I, that's something I've never noticed before. I don't know. That's kind of like what I walked away from it with. This is why I like talking about movies so much. Now it's like I feel like now I need to go back and even though I just I just watched Pumpkinhead like two days ago, I feel like now I need to watch it again just to see if I can see what you're talking about and you know what I mean, just to see if I can see that point of view. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's so interesting. Just like after after he goes and um, he has this conversation with this witch, like he almost kind of gets this like steely resolve about it. He's a man on a mission. You know. Wait, did you just see Steven Seagal about it? No, I said he has a steely resolve. Oh, I thought you said he got all Steven Seagal about it. I was like, because you did <laughs> no. see a man on a mission. I was like, well, Steven Seagal's a fucking man on a mission. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't bring up that fucking fat as a way. Steely resolve. All right, cool. No, I got you. After the confrontation with the witch, he, he almost gets this like steely resolve and or just like the determination to him. And I'm going to kick this thing's ass. I'm going to kick this monster that I called upon ass. He doesn't really, though. So, yeah, all, all, the, all the characters, the main characters in the movie are all pretty much together. And Ed kind of saves Joel and Chris and Tracy from Pumpkinhead. Douchebag Joel's got to be oh, yeah. I'm going to go over here and make sure this, this motherfucker's dead. Yeah, He's that's a classic him. horror movie mistake. Yeah, it's like, oh, I shot him. Oh, I shot him. He's a big fucking eight foot tall fucking, you know, drooling alien fucking monster from the Dominican pumpkin patch. I shot him. He's fucking dead, you know. Yeah, so Pumpkinhead just fucking basically impels this dude with a rifle. I think he's got a deserving death. I'll, I'll be honest with you. After the girl gets uh, dropped from the trees onto the rock, none of the death scenes really, I don't know. They kind of all fall flat after that one for me. Well, that's pretty much the last death scene, other than other than the Chris dude dying. And, and what about oh. the what about the scene where fucking Bud carries him to the to this like old dilapidated church, and he's like, "Oh well, I think you might not come over here because see this here, this this here's it's, it's holy ground. He, I don't think he can come up on the holy ground. There's more of this church on the ground than there is standing. He's prob- he probably he probably he he's done the smartest thing in the movie." up until this point, that anybody else has. Like, that makes the most logical sense. Like, okay, if it's a demon from a pumpkin patch, if I go to a church, I'll, I should be okay, right? I mean, that makes logical sense. I can buy that for a dollar. The problem is, is that the church they show up in is, like, creepy as fuck. And then and then fucking pumpkin head shows up. <laughs> it's, it's so funny, man, at this moment in the movie. Like, they run off, right? And instead of Pumpkinhead chasing them, he manages to find this piece of fucking wood that looks like a cross. Well, it's just like that scene in like the was it that Hellraiser movie where he like he goes into a church and he just starts like blowing the church up for no. You know, it's just I don't know. It's what you did in the eighties, man. I don't know. That scene's just like in. I feel like that's in every demon possession film or demon movie. (laughs) Period. You know, no, dude. Really, when it boils down to it, it's just Pumpkinhead. Taking out some teenage aggression, dude. That's all it is. I don't know, dude. Pumpkinhead does not look like a teenager to me, man. I mean, hell, for all we know, it's probably that dude from the beginning of the damn movie. I mean, that's <laughs> the last time you ever see Pumpkinhead kill anybody. I mean, really, that's who this Pumpkinhead probably is in all in all reality. Yeah, that's true. The way Pumpkinhead appears in the movie 
It has a very supernatural presence. Like there's a there's this weird sound effect. It's like locusts. With this sound effect, is this just lightning and heavy? All of a sudden, you'll start getting, you know, heavy mist and, and shots. But you really get this lightning yeah. and like this storm sense, even though there's no, there's no rain. It's like his presence is so ominous that it brings storms. It does convey this supernatural mood whenever he's about to enter the screen. It's kind of like the that from Jaws. He's got this locust yeah, sound effect and the lightning. And he kind of just appears. And I don't know. I don't. The way the movie plays out, it, it feels like Pumpkinhead is not really ever chasing them. He just appears from this demonic area. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, he's like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm going to come up from hell here. Oh, hey, hey, hey guys, boo. Ah, with his sound effects and things. But I, I did like that motif that they constantly build. I, that's, you know, it's a horror trope that I love. I think it's important to have your horror character have like a, a sound effect and like, you know, like their their iconography with the character, yeah. you know? I guess the thing we didn't talk about at the end is that, yeah, like when he hurts himself at the very end of the movie, Lance Hendrickson runs his, his arm into the pitchfork and that's when he realizes what happens to him also happens to, to Pumpkinhead because Pumpkinhead yeah. also gets hurt when Lance Hendrickson does that. At the very end of the movie, again, you know, got that flamethrower that never gets used, and then he ends up going and and, and getting this like like this random pistol out of the out of his truck, and then at that point in time, that's when Pumpkinhead actually starts looking more like Ed. Yeah, well, he gets that pistol out of the truck and he shoots himself. How the fuck do you shoot yourself in the head and not kill yourself? Like, this dude managed to shoot himself in the head and not kill himself. Yeah, I mean, well, point blank. Yeah, and he does He does have a hole. I think there's, like, you know, he's got blood coming out of his forehead. I mean, you could maybe use the, use the comparison that, okay, Pumpkin Head was actually keeping Ed alive. Yeah, I think that's, that's the way I've always read it, is that, like, yeah, is that he shot himself in the head and... Because he's still alive at the end. Pumpkinhead kind of comes back. Like, if yeah. he shot himself in the head better, way to fuck that up, dude. God. Yeah, if you committed suicide better, like a professional. Uh, <laughs> dude, that shit like a boss. <laughs> the only job in the world you can do right one time. <laughs> yeah, he does. He, he, yeah, he messes that up a little bit, yeah. And, of course, Pumpkinhead comes back, and then the girl has to shoot him. Yeah, Tracy kind of solves that problem for him. Once Tracy shoots Ed, the fucking spontaneous combustion of Pumpkinhead spontaneously fucking just combusts in the flames. It, it does. It, it does. looks really cool on on camera, and, I don't know, demons catch fire. It makes sense to me. You know, they're from hell. Yeah. Fire. You know, well, you I'm, I'm good one, with it. Well, you get that one little shot, like, into the flames. Of of like Pumpkinhead's head or his or his face, then you then you think the story's over with, and it kind of cuts to that old lady and she's standing on top of that burial mound in the old pumpkin patch and she's burying you see her burying something. Yeah, and I really love that the last shot is of that necklace that Billy made for Ed. So yeah, yeah, that that's Pumpkinhead. Um, before we start doing the wrap up, I did want to say we were talking earlier about. DVD covers, the additions to this film. I Scream Factory just put out 
a really nice Blu-ray of Pumpkinhead. I'm not a real big fan of most of the art for Pumpkinhead, except for the VHS cover, but it's got really nice artwork. They did a whole new cover just for the Collector's Edition Blu-ray. Yeah, it looks really good. There's a bunch of extra features. It's in 1080. Mostly how I've seen this film is in 4.3 VHS. So this looks um, absolutely amazing. I, I did buy that DVD that came out in like 2001 or 2002, but it's, oh man, that's also in 4.3. So being able to see the movie in 1080, you know, widescreen was absolutely incredible. If you're a Pumpkinhead fan, I cannot recommend this enough. It's just a, it's a really good, really, really good disc. And it, you know, you can get it off Amazon right now. I think it's only like $17, $18. Oh, hey, Paul, how, how did you, which, which version of the movie did you watch? Oh, I watched the DVD. Do you know which one was it? Was it widescreen or was it four three? Uh, widescreen. All right. Well, with that, let's uh, let's close this Joker out, man. Um, final thoughts, Paul. It's 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 honestly a good movie. It does have uh, tragedy to it, and I, I strongly recommend on any of our listeners that haven't seen it, definitely go go do yourself a favor and check it out. You know, it's it's like the tagline for the movie: a grim fairy tale perfect way to describe it yeah i mean that that's the tagline a grim fairy tale so and it does have a lot of these tim burton-esque like the production design the lighting it's tim burton before tim burton like this came out the same year as beetlejuice stan winston he did some second unit directing but this is this man's first feature film he's coming for makeup so this i think this is all the more reason it's impressive you know this is the first time film director yeah He's coming from the makeup world, but to be able to take this story on, it, it's a shame that he didn't direct another film after Pumpkinhead. Yeah, it really is because uh, he—he, he, I think he's—I think Stan Winston's a very good. He showed a very good visionary filmmaking ability. Oh wow, he actually did direct another movie, but it was a yeah, it was a family film, a gnome named Norm. We don't watch family films on this podcast. Yeah, well, I mean, I I didn't know he made another movie either. I'll be honest with you. No, I didn't. But oh, it, it is a shame that Stan Winston didn't get to make another horror film. I mean, it, it, that kind of sucks. Because the guy obviously had some talent. He put he put a lot of thought into this. You know, the, just the story. I mean, it's look, this story is not going to win an Oscar or anything, but it's real simple and it's really well told. It's a classic story, but man, it's... It's got emotion to it. It's not just all scares. There's there's no, some tragedy here. Not. You're going to feel emotions here, people. You know, we were talking earlier about like where this movie is supposed to be set, and I was like, you know, it does have like a like a Louisiana New Orleans vibe. You know, I was thinking I was getting yeah. some of that from the score. Yeah, the score, yeah, the score would definitely definitely give that vibe. Off. You know, yeah, it's got that kind of like twangy, what is that? A twangy guitar? I believe they use like they use, I know they use harmonicas and um, a lot of acoustics and dobros and stuff like that. A lot of your country or country western or bluegrass or Americana kind of music. Well, all right, guys, that's going to do it for us tonight. You've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you guys want to get in touch with us, our email address is themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's the movie crew, and crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E, at gmail.com. 
We also have a voicemail line. That number is 323-539-8661. Call, leave us a voicemail. And guys, if you can rate and give us a review on iTunes and Stitcher, that would be amazing. And you'd be like an amazingly awesome person for that. Paul, thank you again, buddy, for joining me. Uh, No problem, brother. No problem at all, man. Enjoy doing the episode, man, as always. And like always, we close out the show with a song from the soundtrack. This is the ending titles for the Pumpkinhead soundtrack from composer Richard Stone. Enjoy. Enjoy.